have ironically dialed up the Sports Best Podcast, broadcasting to you fake live and direct from the Believe Podcast Network. Our charter on Sports Best regulates that we cut out all of the worst and only bring you the best in sports, which Kirk, our intern, promised that he did today. He is the one and only census taker of my dreams, Andrew Keller, and I am Larry Born Again Olson. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Uh, I don't understand the irony, but I'm excited that people have tuned in <laughs> to listen to the show. <laughs> um, Andrew, some people call this a holiday week. Some people kiss their wife and kids goodbye and say, I'll see you again in January. It is opening week in the NFL. Yes. Football season gets going on Thursday. We got the opener. Going to be a shootout, you would think, right? You got Patrick Mahomes going in here mm-hmm. against Tom Brady. Is it Tom Brady? I don't know, maybe just blew that. Uh, I forget who the Chiefs are playing. But Patrick Mahomes is playing. It's going to be one. This is what I'm most excited about, the football season. The NFL referees think they've got this dialed in. The NFL referees say this is going to be their best year ever, which I find hard to believe because there was no preseason games. So they couldn't practice. They just got to get right into this. I feel like the referees are underrated on how important they are until they screw it up. I don't know if you remember in 2012, they had the referee lockout, the fail Mary or the inaccurate reception <laughs> for the Monday Night Football game. I feel like we're, we're maybe setting ourselves up for that. But uh, no. why are they going to be so good? They are using vestibulo ocular reflex this year. Let me repeat that. Vestibulo ocular reflex. They have this new idea, this new mental processing approach to the season where they need to be further away from the action and run less to be able to take in what's going on clear. They've re- completely changed their way they look at football to be able to referee better. Mm-hmm. But they haven't been able to practice it or they implement it in no. live play. So no. we'll see what happens. No, they haven't. So maybe no. we'll have a new term for the fail, Mary. Well, you don't. Other than vestibulo ocular reflex, there'll be another one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Are you? Do you think it's going to work? I they don't. Seem confident. You... Um, I do. Here's the thing, though. There's a, obviously the NFL's not stupid. There's some scientific approach to this. Like they're, I, I think they're saying like if the referees are running to get closer to the action to see what happened, the brain is not working as high at an impact that it could have. So what they're saying is they're going to just stop and let the brain take in the information and maybe we'll have an impact. So I think, you know, maybe you don't need practice with that, but I yeah. mean, I guess everything helps with practice, but nevertheless, we'll find out. I had a 10 year career as a soccer referee. And I feel like <laughs> there are times when I was sprinting to keep up with people a lot faster than me and might've missed a call or maybe made a call. that wasn't accurate. So I think there is something to that. You're making the NFL's point. Yeah. Because you, you get overwhelmed, your, your heart rates up and it's harder to make a sound decision when you're not completely focused. I don't want to, I don't want to go on a limb here, but I feel like you've already used vestibulo ocular reflex in your life. Yeah. As a retired soccer referee, <laughs> I can, I can emphatically say that's true. Even though the NFL is starting up, the college football has already started oh, oh. after one game. Southern Miss's coach, Jay <laughs> Hobson has quit. What? Come on. Yeah, he said uh, he took over the program in 2016. Overall, it was 28 and 23, but he lost in his first game. And he said, enough is enough. They lost 32 to 21 to South Alabama last Thursday. 32 to 21. That's not bad. That's not like he was, you know, humiliated. 
No, but uh, he, he met with the athletic director and they had a discussion and they said it's what's best for everyone. It made me think, though, Lane, Lane Kiffin famously quit after one season. He had a six-year six year contract. He quit, and he went on to bigger and better things. So maybe Jay Hobson will go on to bigger and better things. Okay, hold on a sec. You just said he quit after a season. This guy uh -huh. quit after the first game. Yeah, he did all the offseason, preseason, played a no, game and quit. Why don't you just quit at the beginning of the year? Like, after, like, I don't understand, like, you do all the work in the offseason, crazy as it is now, and then go, like, one game, that's it. I, I just didn't have it. I, I just don't understand this decision-making process by anybody. But, I mean, maybe the, the silver lining is his co-offensive coordinator, Scott Walden, is going to take over, and he could be the next Tom okay. Brady. I remember okay. Drew, Bled Drew Bledsoe went down after the second game in the 2001 season, and we all remember what he's been up to. So maybe okay. that's my silver lining for this story. Would you, okay. I don't know. What's the lesson when you talk to your kids, when you tuck them in tonight, what's the, what's the lesson you tell them about quitting after the first game? I'm going to say, listen, if you got a bad game, maybe you want to think about, that's it. Pull it out. One game in college football is telling you to call it a, call it a career. So the advice is pull it out. Quit. <laughs> Okay. Sports best, everybody. Sports best. Sports best. Uh, it's a good thing the kids don't listen to the show because they don't care. Um, you know, I didn't know this about you, but I brought it up last week. You're a big tennis fan. Have you been yeah. watching the U.S. Open? I have been watching it. People have been moving forward. Serena Williams chugging along. Djokovic got kicked out for hitting someone in the ball, face, hitting someone in the throat with the ball. Okay, so that's not in our rundown. I thought about putting it in there. That's insane. He hit a referee or umpire with the ball. Straight to the throat. Oh, man, it looked terrible. And he did it on purpose? No. He was mad about a call and just hit a ball behind him, and it was like went on a frozen rope right into her throat. She went down. She couldn't continue, and the official's like, you got to go. So the number one seeded player got bounced. So he did do it on purpose. No, you. Uh, well, I mean, you could make that argument, but if you watch the video, he wasn't looking. He looks genuinely horrified. He felt really bad, but I think the rules of play got him got him out of there. Um, we might or might have not have been thinking about putting a bet on Jokovic at a certain establishment, and I'm glad we didn't do that. But that's crazy. Um, Serena Williams into the quarterfinals. She beat uh, the Greek, the great Greek Maria Sakari. She's mm -hmm. now just three wins away from her 24th major championship. I think she just had her 100th win at the U.S. Open. 100th win. Um, this is not my favorite story about the U.S. Open. My favorite story is about the 82nd-ranked American men's player, Francis Tiafoe. Dude was rallying at the, the Open. Foe. I love that it, that's the reason. His name is the Big Foe. I love that nickname. Yeah. And he was, I think at that point, he was the last American left in the tournament, right? Yes, he lost to, as you know, Daniel Medvedev, the number fifth ranked uh, men's, or men's player at Archer Arthur Ashe Stadium last night. The big foe goes down. Oh, so sad. It is sad. To, but everyone to, likes watching a good underdog. To me, to me, when the big foe loses, the U.S. opens it over. It's over. It's over. Yeah. It's over. And I remember you telling me off air three weeks ago about you need to watch the big foe because he's <laughs> making moves. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And next week, another part of being the best of sports is Rafael Nadal is going to be returning to play in the Italian Open. He's not played competitive tennis in seven months. So I think 
That is exciting. Spaniards playing tennis, I'm in. Yeah? Okay. Even yeah. if the big foe is not out, the Spaniard gets you back in? No, I take that back. You're right. I'm only watching that he's playing the big foe. Thank you, Andrew. So the big foe was a big underdog. I don't know <laughs> if you knew this. After golf took three months off, the PGA took three months off, Dustin Johnson was ranked number 111 in the what? FedEx Cup standings. Yeah. Wow. But wow. he just finished and he won. He won the FedEx Cup. He started from the bottom. Now he's at the top. Won $15 million. What? Dustin Johnson getting paid. What do you think? I, I can't imagine having to make a putt worth 15 million bucks. I mean, I got the yips and we're playing for a dollar. Can't mm -hmm. imagine like concentrating knowing 15 large is on the line. He had a quote in his rookie season. He won like $115,000. He's like, I'm rich. So I'm wondering what <laughs> his feelings are now after his $15 million payday. If you look at it like that, that he never need to made another dollar after he was rich 15 years ago, like, hey, he doesn't need to make this, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You so, I mean, I did make the point that he was 111th in the standings, but he went into the, the tour championship. He went in seated number one, and he won. And the last person to do that at the FedEx Cup was Tiger Woods in 2009. So he's in good company. This is, I feel like I, what I need to say lastly about DJ, whether he wins the $15 million or another tournament, he is a winner because he's married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter. So he's going to win. Like he's, he's winning already. He, he's won. He's, he's won. winning because his proximity to Wayne Gretzky or he's winning because his wife has a killer personality and you wish you were married to her? All of those things. He gets to go home and be like, hey, great one. I need some advice. He says Maybe that to his bust. wife? His wife? No, is, the great one's Wayne Gretzky. No, it's a, that's his dad's father-in-law. Father they live with Wayne Gretzky. He has $15 million. He lives with his in-laws. I, I think they live across the street or something. I'm making this up. I don't know. But it, how great is it to be able to ask the great one for advice? Anyways. Hey, sometimes if you just ask, people will say yes. <laughs> Larry, I think we should have the Olympic Games at any cost. Wait a minute, because you said that before you played the sounder, I feel like there was always going to be time for this story. I don't know. Maybe. We can, just, we can wrap it right now. <laughs> In the segment, if we have time, Japan's Olympic minister, Saiko Hashimoto, said, I think we have to hold the games at any cost. I want to concentrate all of our efforts on measures against the coronavirus. Uh, I, I don't like the absolutes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be an absolute person, but like we say, like, I don't care if it costs us $25 gazillion and it bankrupts the economy of Japan. We've got to hold the Summer Olympics. That doesn't seem like the smartest thing to say. Well, I think you added a lot of things into that. And no! Hashimoto just said, did nothing. No, well, it, I th well, maybe. At any you cost. You can interpret that. I, th I, think, I think we should hold the games at any cost where there's nuclear annihilation and only eight people survive. We'll have, like... <laughs> I don't think you can insert apocalyptic. <laughs> the no. rapture will happen and only people not left on the earth will compete. No, that's not what I was saying. What I was okay. saying was Let's restart. If, if it cost Japan $20 billion to be able to, because of the, the pandemic and it bankrupts their economy, that doesn't seem like a good, like a re, like we, we should do it just no matter what. 
Okay. I don't think there's a bankrupting the Japanese economy in there. I mean, the NBA bubble spent $150 million and let's say it's 10 times bigger. That's not that much money in terms of Olympics with TV deals. So I think it's, I, I don't know if you know this, but the whole world comes to the Olympics and only like 30 NBA teams go to Florida. Like, I just think the, it to like, I, I don't know. I just think that's a massive undertaking. And it, I mean, I mean, I'm going to cross my fingers that the pandemic's wrapped up-ish by then. But, man, it could still be going. And then what do you do? So you're prognosticating that we're not going to have the Olympics next year. I don't know how they do it. Honestly, I don't know how they do it. All right. Well, I think that at any cost, they're going to hold the games. <laughs> Unless there's a bubonic plague on top of this plague. And we'll talk, we'll talk about a year from now, and we'll look at the final bill, and it'll be about $15 billion spent. Hey. That's a technical term we in the business like to use. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad we had time for that. This is Smart's Best. He is Andrew Keller. I'm Larry for Billion Dollars Olson. Thank you for listening.